Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hey, fellow Archons. It is time for another episode of Help from Future Self. It's that conversational Keyforge podcast made for and by Keyforge friends. I am Scuzzy Gruen, also known as Alex, and I am joined, as always, by my Keyforge chums, my Keyforge pals. It's the Wheeling Keyforger, Rick. Hey, what's up, all? And Coach Boulevard Paper Fight. Always a pleasure to be with you here, Blake. Yes, sir. Great to be with you, gents, again. Now, although it may sound like a week has gone by since the last time we came at you with an episode of Help from Future Self, we're actually recording this immediately following last week's episode. So, uh, yeah, some of the same topics are going to be on our mind. We're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff, making some references to last week's episode, I think, in some of our topics today. But going to get things started off with uh, something a little bit special here. Uh, obviously, since we're recording this a couple weeks ahead of time, we don't have any super current news to share with you. But we're going to jump right into it with a segment we like to call Over Under. And Rick is going to give us some cards that have been either overperforming or underperforming for him based on his expectations. What have you got for us this time, Rick? Got, in my opinion, two unders for you. The first one is a Saurian action, good of the many. Play, destroy each creature that does not share a trait with another creature in its controller's battle line, and there's no amplifier. I I don't know how to play this card. I don't know when it's beneficial, when it's going to hurt me. So, so far, as whenever I get it, I've just been discarding it. Yeah, that, that card for me, it's, it's one of the most situational cards, I think, that exists within the Saurians because it can be a position where it hurts you if um, you have, like, if it's early game and you don't have a, a board with multiple creatures, it's going to hurt you. So if you get it late game, it's a pretty much a dead card for the most part. And if you get it early game, it can be effective, but it could hurt you both ways. And thank goodness it is a rare, so you don't have to see it that often. But it is it is a weird one. Yeah, I can I can understand why you're, you're having trouble. So um, the fact that it has no Ember Pit means it's pretty easy to just discard that card and, and move on with your life. Um, Alex, have you had any experience with it? I've actually not played it, but I have puzzled around it, looking at it in other people's decks. Um, here's the most puzzling thing I find about it. Um, the good of the many is a much more Star Trek thing than it is a Saurian thing. So it almost seems like it should be a Star Alliance card. Um, right. There's a whole thing in the Star Trek movies where Spock keeps saying that, you know, the good of the many outweighs the good for the few. Um, so that's kind of the only takeaway I have on that card. I have no idea how to play this thing. Like, it's just, it's complicated. And without the Amber Pip, it's all, like, like you said, discard. I completely agree with both of you. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird because you, you could be in a situation where you just suddenly have it and you look at the board and you go, huh, that's actually going to work out quite well for me. And then you're going to have other times where you're just like, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to hurt me. So, uh, and then other times after that where you could just be like, this card literally does absolutely nothing. Why is it still in my hand? Rick, what do you have next for us? Uh, all right. The next one is a Brobnar upgrade. Cybergiant Rig. This creature gains. At the end of your turn, this creature uses loses a plus one power counter. Play. Fully heal this creature and give it a plus one power counter for each damage healed. And it does have an Ember Pip. I don't really know when to play this. And I, it's been not performing for me since. I don't know really when to do it. So it's an under for me again. I'll tell you what my thoughts on this thing are. Um, it's one of those weirdly designed Brobnar cards that assumes that your Brobnar cards are going to stay on the table with damage on them for a really long time. 
Um, and this is a way that you can sort of like take a creature that's had a little bit of damage thrown onto it and buff it back up again. Um, my biggest problem with it is that in Worlds Collide, I do not find that Brobnar creatures stay on the board as long as they might have in AOA. In AOA, we had all kinds of creatures that had those big, long lifespans, um, a thing like Lollops and stuff like that. I don't yeah. see that as much in Worlds Collide. There's way fewer huge Brobnar creatures. So the idea that you're going to find some Brobnar creature that, you know, has already taken four damage and get a whole lot of value out of this doesn't make sense to me. I agree. It's an underperformer. I actually have a fun story with this card. So I was playing a seal tournament and I had a a Centurion, the Saurian card that is a six power with one armor and it says um, play fight, capture one ember. And I had been using it under that pretense as ember control and it had a little bit of damage on it. And what I managed to do was drop a ganger chieftain on my turn that was the Brobnar turn next to my Centurion. And so I had the Centurion then fight into something, get a bunch of damage, capture an Ember, and then I played Cyber Giant Rig on it right afterwards and healed all that damage. And I think I put like five plus one power tokens on it and I was able to keep using it as this huge body that was on my board now that was a little more sticky. So I kind of house cheated with it by using a Ganger Chieftain. So if you have a Ganger Chieftain and a Cyber Giant Rig, it's a good combo because then you can activate it almost right away by fighting into something with Ganger Chieftain and then put it on that. That's my that's my take of how to really utilize that card. I think there might also be some shenanigans you could do with Gron Nine Toes as long as he still has one damage on him. Um, but unfortunately, you know, that's kind of not the way that the, the, the card works because it heals all damage, but maybe like yeah. you heal all the damage that's on him and then, you know, he's got four plus one counters or whatever, and then you fight with him again. So then he gets the additional plus four. So you might be yeah. able to make a big fat Brobnar body body and then hit it with the flex or something like that. I don't know. I, I just, my, my whole thing is having big Brobnar bodies doesn't seem quite as useful in this set. So I'm not sure exactly how great it could be. I mean, obviously there will be scenarios in which it's going to perform for you, but I don't see them being extremely common. Yeah. Now, Speaking of Worlds Collide and whether or not Brobnar is effective in this set, we had a little bit of a debate on uh, Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and it was prompted by me, and I'm going to be totally like honest about this. I was a little bit tilted when I, I sort of made this statement, but uh, I think that there is a strong possibility that some cards in Worlds Collide need a nerf, much in the same way that we nerfed bait and switch back in the day now if you have only been playing the game uh for a little while you may not remember when bait and switch was the absolute like scourge of keyforge games were won and lost by it. it led to a lot of feel bad moments and i feel like uh we might be getting there with some cards in worlds collide specifically in the saurian houses so i wanted to put this question to you directly blake are the saurians too powerful in worlds collide what are your thoughts no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So this will be a real debate. Uh, let no. me outline my argument for why they are too powerful. One, I think that they have too many big bodies and too many of those big bodies have armor on them. So all the exalting mechanic, which is based around the idea of risk-reward, ends up being way less risk-reward and be ends up being, in most cases, way more reward. Two, 
It has a lot of cards at common that obviate the obvious risk of exalting. You've got things like uh, the Scutum. You've got uh, the 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 fellow who uh, makes it so that if a creature dies, all the amber on it goes back to the common pool. Um, Ludo. Yes. Uh, Ludo. Thank you very much, Rick. Um, and so it oftentimes feels like the risk that's supposed to be inherent in risk reward just isn't happening. Last thing I wanted to say is that I think Tribute is an ultimate feel-bad card. It's printed at common, and it swings the game so frequently so much that it's starting to feel like bait-and-switch did back in the day. So that's kind of my, my three-point argument. Blake, what would you have to say about those? Well, I don't think that the Saurian house as a whole is overpowered because, I mean, there are some really bad Saurian decks and stuff that really don't do anything. So like all all things in Keyforge, there is bad ones, but when you get the good ones, they're really good. And that's you could say that almost about a lot of houses, but in every set, there is one or two houses that if it's really good, it is like really good. And so I think that just is the case with Saurians now. And I'm honestly not surprised that they are as good and as powerful as they are because if you've heard Brad talk about the Saurian house and his his thought process behind it and why he created them. He has a passion for the subject of Greek mm-hmm. and Roman mythology and then also dinosaurs, like those two things being together and hit like like honestly, listen to any podcast out there that he's spoken about why he created the Saurians. Mm-hmm. You can hear his love for that house. So I'm not surprised that this has has some strength and and uh, pomp and circumstance to it as a result. The reason why I don't think it's too powerful is because there are so many answers that exist and the cool answers that exist the most like if you're like let's let's be honest when you're looking at your other decks that exist from previous sets the things that you notice that are becoming now really powerful that were not as powerful before are things that go against dinos so there is the balance of older sets now have things that are really powerful against this house so you within the the confines of worlds collide you may feel that it's it's a little bit overpowered, but in, I think, the actual game of Keyforge and everything that you could play, it is not overpowered. Now, I will agree with you that Tribute does have a huge swing. It's almost like the original bait and switch in the way that the swing is quite large in what it does. The difference is, is it's not a steal. So I have a feeling that this card was created with the original bait and switch in mind in a way, but it's kind of the idea of you're not stealing it, you're capturing it, and you could get it back. Now, I know what you're saying about how two ember times two, so it's four ember swing is a is a big deal. I just don't see how it gets nerfed is the thing. Like I don't see it actually changing because it's it's you get moments when it feels bad, but it's not something that is proving to be in a tournament that is causing problems. And until you see it publicly being used and abused in a way that is causing tournaments to swing one way or the other, you will not see it get nerfed. And yes, when it does happen, it feels really bad. And I can literally personally talk about this because on monday at sealed at rain city uh june opened up a deck that had a shrix and it had two tributes and it was just the most bananas deck i've seen in a while like it was just a straight up really good deck and she would literally archive both of her tributes and suddenly go boom you just lost four ember i'm putting it on shrix plus another two for the exalt congratulations i just got a key on shrix oh and i warded it to give you uh, a little bit more for your trouble like that is that is what happened and and it was fine because these things happen and it's good to see these really powerful decks and these sort of interactions occur it's very healthy for the game i know you get the feel bad moments and that could be because you're choosing to play a deck that is not great but someone is playing a really powerful deck and that exists in the world of keyforge so 
that is part of what this game is, is you're going to have things that are really powerful and you're going to have things that are kind of weaker. But the truth is, at the end of the day, is the way the decks work and the way that everything plays is that there are a lot of ways to punish someone who's playing Saurian. I know you say these things exist, but there are ways to actually get rid of it. That's the reason why I don't think a board wipe in the sense of destruction is the most powerful board wipe anymore. I think taking things off the table and putting them back to hand like hysteria or shuffling into your deck lost in the woods, nature's call, those sort of things are the most effective forms of a board wipe that exists in the game right now because of all these things. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you that there are answers that exist within the game. I think one of my problems with tribute specifically is that the feel bad moment doesn't come from somebody captured four of my amber. Um, the feel bad moment comes from somebody captured and then immediately managed to get off their creature using some combination of cards, the amber. Um, I realize that every combination is, of course, completely conditional. And you can't uh, say that, you know, a combo necessarily is bad unless it's really swingy in a way that is detrimental to the game, like we used to see with lands back in the day. But what I will say is that I think that there is oftentimes a, a, a very easy case to be made for uh, the fact that there's so many cards in Saurian that let you use that captured amber and that there's no way you can block. We're talking about things like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Exile and then sorry about that. Or we're talking about things like um, uh, Six Emperor Tyrannosaurus, uh, you know, cards that immediately allow people to use that amber that's been captured. And those kinds of swings can't help but feel bad in those scenarios um, because they're such a huge tempo change, right? Ultimately, what I would love to see, what would make me happy would be to see you know, more cards printed in future sets that have answers for this. Um, as much as I may have said that I feel like there are some cards that need a nerf, I think you're absolutely correct. Unless it starts showing bad results at a tournament level, it's unlikely to be something that the game needs to in order to survive. Um, we're, we haven't seen the degeneracy that I was really worried about thus, uh, thus far. We may see it uh, with some upcoming tournaments, but we have nothing necessarily to base it on right now. I think what I would mostly like to see is a little more balance in sets overall and more answers to the Saurians. I think one of the reasons why the real feel-bad moments happen with Saurian right now is because there are such some uh, houses that feel so underpowered compared to them. And when you look at the Saurians, then this goes back to my original argument of are the Saurians too powerful? They have everything. They've got the big bodies and the fight effects. They've got the awesome reap effects. They've got uh, a very unique exalting mechanic, which is basically their province that they use all the time. They've got some of the craziest combinations going. So it ends up feeling like a lot of houses like Brobnar and even, you know, sometimes Untamed and even Shadows feel really inferior to them. Um, if not in every deck, then in a lot of decks. See, I, I just think that is the set design of those particular houses because i mean they do have answers like nature's call exists and there you said there's there's not a lot of answers but there is there's they've reprinted interdimensional graft they've reprinted too much to protect they've got bren that exists so i mean there are things that exist within this where there's a big steel potential and i that's why i just don't think it's not there there isn't answers it's just the answers are the answers that have always existed for anything that really bursts like you could make the argument in coda like that 
that untamed is degenerate because there's a deck with triple hunting witch and has seven creatures plus two full moons and a key charge and a chota within that like that is that is just too much like it's it's too much like they're getting too much ember and you could say the same thing because it all comes down to at the end of the day what you're saying is the utilization of that ember and how can i have that untamed please yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so that's what it comes down to is how it's being utilized and so there's the combinations of decks that exist that can do all the things you said i bet you if you looked on dok there's not a lot of them it's a rare thing that that does exist and obviously when it happens it doesn't feel good but I think you're going to find more often than not that it's a pretty fair thing. But I mean, it is what it is. It's a card game. There are going to be things that are really good in the card game. And there's going to be things that are not as good. And that's just the nature of any game that's created. And everything we've said, like the first deck that won a Voltour, though, was from Worlds Collide was not a dino deck. And so that instantly makes the whole thing. Are dinos too powerful? No, because there were dinos shown in that Voltour, but they didn't make it. The one that didn't have the dinos is the one that made it. And it's almost like a classic Coda house combination that won. Dis Logos Shadows. A hot combination to be certain. Um, I think time will be the true teller of tales on this one. Um, I'm going to take slight objection to the idea that, uh, you know, those super OP uh, Saurian decks aren't that common. I think that Saurian, more than any other house, is extremely powerful fairly routinely and fairly, like, regularly. If I open up a Saurian house, it's generally the exception that it's bad and not powerful rather than the rule. With that understanding, I think you're absolutely correct. The nature of the game means that there's always going to be a powerful house. It was less so that way in AOA, but also AOA was a less fun set to play in many ways. Yep. Yes. So sometimes those big swings, those exciting plays, all those things and the ways to work around them and against them, maybe that's just the nature of the game. And ultimately, maybe I was just feeling a little bit salty when I brought up the conversation. But as uh, as we've said today, time will tell I agree. That leads us to the final segment of the show, and it leads very nicely out of this topic because this is something we like to call Help from Future Self. self. And this is a segment where we we give a little lesson, a little bit of advice, something that we want to keep in mind ourselves and that we want to share with our Keyforge friends who listen to the show. This is one from your pal Scuzzy Gruen. Um, Know when to walk away. Um, if you are playing on the crucible or even at the table, uh, at your local game store and you're starting to get tilted and you feel like no matter what you do, you can't win. Um, maybe this happens over the course of one night. Maybe it happens over the course of a week. Sometimes you just gotta know when it's time to walk away and come back to the game when you're feeling a little more level headed. Um, I think we all understand how tilt feels. It feels bad. You feel like, you know, even though you're doing everything right, you can't win a game. And it's not just that you can't win a game. You're getting stomped in every game. And you're using your most powerful decks, and you're playing them as well as you can, and you still can't win. And that feels terrible. And there is only one answer to it. And it's not to keep getting angrier and keep playing and keep making mistakes because you're angry and keep getting frustrated. It's to take some time off. Walk away from the Crucible. Walk away from your weekly night for one week even. And I guarantee when you come back with a little more perspective, it'll feel better to play again. As much as I may have complained about the Saurians, you know, uh, all over the place on Twitter, here on the podcast, I like the Saurians. I like playing them and it's fun to play against them. 
And those feel-bad moments, the feels-bad doesn't last. We aren't in a degenerate, you know, Mad Max hellscape where there's only dinosaurs and nothing but dinosaurs. And until we get to that state, all I feel like you need to cure that case of the tilts is a little bit of perspective and a little bit of time away. So you go, you watch a movie, you spend some time with some friends or some loved ones, you drink a glass of water, come back in a couple of days, you'll be right as rain, ready to play some more Keyforge. Does that like resonate that. with you guys? Definitely. 100%. I've, I've been there too. All right. That's all the time we have for you on this week's episode of Help from Future Self. Getting close to the end of the year. Wow. 2019, an amazing year for the game of Keyforge. So very excited to see what's coming up in 2020. I'm not going to be around for a couple of episodes time, but uh, I will be missing you, our Keyforge uh, and Help from Future Self pals. Um, you can find us on Twitter and on Patreon at HFFS Podcast. You can find me at Scuzzy Gruen on The Crucible and on Twitter and on Instagram. Where can they find you, Rick? On The Crucible at Rickster78 and on Twitter at The Wheeling Key Forger. And where can they find you, Blake? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BLVD Paperfight. That's Boulevard Paperfight. And you can also check out my YouTube under Boulevard Paperfight as well, where I've been uh, trying to ramp up my content. Man, uh, I'm really enjoying your new Crucible and Cognac series. That's been a ton of fun. Yeah, it's being received very well. I'm very excited for it. All right. We'll see you again very, very soon. Until then, my friends, stay forging. Stay forging.